today I want to talk to you about um, our home, this wonderful place called Earth, and why, as followers of Jesus, we should protect it and ask God to stir us into action. Matt's given me 20 minutes, but um, beware, I could talk about this all day. (laughs) Um, As a childminder, I spend a lot of my time chasing children about. And one of the joys is that, joys in that, is watching them discover the world around them. They stop, they wait, they look, they, they, they watch ants, they spot the tiniest of things, and they're there on their knees watching creation literally walk past them. They're looking at colours, they're spotting trees, flowers, literally takes forever to walk down the road. Our Father's creation is amazing. Have you seen it? Have you looked? Isn't it good? When was the last time you stopped and looked like those children in wonder at our world? When I was preparing for this talk, I counted seven goods in Genesis 1. God loved his creation. And verse 31 says, God saw that all he had made, and it was very good. Creation was beautiful. It is beautiful. We are also part of creation. And verse 27 says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I love this. I love to be reminded that I am made in the image of God. You, me, we all are. That means that we carry our father's traits with us. So his passion, his joy, his love. We're part of God's family and he designed us to be in a relationship with him. We are the only part of creation that God literally breathed life into. Isn't that amazing? The Bible is full of advice on how we can live in harmony with one another and with creation. Um, and we were instructed in the very beginning. In Genesis 2:15, God put mankind into his creation, into his beautiful garden, to tend and to keep it, instructed directly from the Father to protect, to nurture, to care for the garden and beyond to the rest of the earth. Have we done that? Has mankind followed God's mandate? As we're made in God's image and have a glimpse of the great love and joy that he feels, it also means that we have the capacity to feel the pain and the anger, the hurt and the betrayal, and the frustration and the heartbreak for creation, being destroyed, people suffering, species extinction, and we share in God's pain for his broken creation. 2020 was the hottest year on record and the unthinkable happened with the COVID outbreak. And we're at a point where floods and trees, floods and fires and drought are no longer shocking to us. We're experiencing the effects of an unbalanced world and one that we need to address. We've messed up our connection with the creation and the animals, causing ourselves such suffering. And it's the poorest of people that are being hit worst. Ironically, those who have contributed least to its destruction. And we can no longer deny that our world is in dire straits. Many of our leaders are still money-hungry and selfish, and they aren't following God's way, and we're lost. Our world needs us to step up more than it ever has. That's you and me, that's all of us. We can't just watch as Greenpeace or Extinction Rebellion fix it for us and we carry on as normal. There must be radical action by us all. And I know that sounds really uncomfortable, but it needs to be. Otherwise, if we do nothing, it's going to be far worse. In August, the IPCC UN report highlighted that human influence has warmed the climate at a rate that is unprecedented in in at least the last 2,000 years. The UN Secretary General said that the Working Group's report 
was nothing less than a code red for humanity. The alarm bells are deafening and the evidence is irrefutable. Imagine writing that down. And that, you know, that's, it's real, it's there, guys. And that's when I emailed Matt and said, look, we need to do something. Can you preach on this? So I'm here. <laughs> um, Dr. Seuss, the famous American children's author and poet, who brought us characters like the Grinch and um, the Cat in the Hat, all those bizarre stories that actually traumatized my childhood somewhat. <laughs> but he also wrote this amazing book called The Lorax. He wrote it in 1971, okay, about um, a traveller who discovers a beautiful land, a beautiful creation perhaps, full of wonder and potential, and then how he slowly destroys the land that he was once awestruck by because he wants to make stuff and be productive and make money. The Lorax, this little guy on the front, is a hairy creature who speaks on behalf of the trees because they have no tongue. He appears to try and speak reason with the man, asking him why he's cutting down a tree. There's no cause for alarm, he reasons with the Lorax. I chopped just one tree. And the story continues, and so does the man's greed. And soon he's cutting down more and more. And now we're losing trees here, in, losing trees of forests at the rate of a football pitch every second. Let that sink in, a football pitch size. Imagine those trees. Every second. And we know that forests are vital for oxygen. They capture carbon and other toxins from the air. And when they're felled, these gases are released back into the atmosphere. Trees enrich the soil to provide habitats for millions of creatures, large and small. They retain the water in their root system, holding back floods and giving stability to the ground. And forests capture rainfall in their canopies so that water can then go back into the atmosphere. Without the canopies, the water just goes straight in the ground and is lost. And without the trees to assist in the fresh water cycle, much of that's going into the sea. So if you think about the people that rely literally on the river that runs through their village, it's, it's, it's changing. Global warming is caused, is caused by the emission of greenhouse gases. NASA said human activities primarily the burning of fossil fuels, has fundamentally increased the concentration of greenhouse gases in Earth's atmosphere, warming the planet. So everyone is saying the same thing. Everyone is saying, you know, the facts, this is real, we can't ignore it. Burning fossil fuels like oil, gas, petrol, diesel, is the leading source of human man-made CO2 emissions. And it stays in the atmosphere for tens of thousands of years. Seriously bad. Animal agriculture, which is the meat and dairy industry, is responsible for 87% of greenhouse gas emissions, according to a, a report published in the Journal of Ecological Society. The industry produces 37% of the methane emissions, which stay in the atmosphere for 10 to 12 years, and then they're converted to CO2. And plastic, which is made mostly from oil, is another huge issue. Since 1950s, around 8.3 billion tonnes of plastic have been produced worldwide. And only 9% has been recycled. 9%. Plastic pollution can now be found on every beach of the world. And I know, Matt, we were talking about you being on holiday and the beautiful sea is suddenly taken over by plastic. 
A few years ago, when, as a family, we were considering Christmas gifts for each other and trying to avoid buying piles of stuff just for the sake of it. We decided upon family cinema passes, the unlimited cards, giving us the opportunity for experiences and time together, which was a bonus. We, um, we take our own drinks and snacks in and I'm trying to be as waste-free as possible. They don't seem to mind. Um, <laughs> on one of the um, trips to my girls, we were struck by the piles of litter in the car park. Because we were trying so hard as a family to reduce plastic, then it's on your mind and you see it everywhere. You just notice things because you're thinking about it and being, um, being careful. Um, yes, we were super aware of, of, in, in the environment. But this day was shocking. Someone had discarded their whole dinner from McDonald's. There were packets of... Um, you know, the bags and the containers and the food and the drinks. It was just revolting. Nobody had thought about what they were doing and they'd just thrown their, their rubbish away for someone else to pick up. I'd seen so many images of animals suffering at the hands of plastic that when I saw this crow pecking crazily at this McDonald's litter, I had a little mini freak out. And I was, in, I was a really embarrassing mum. <laughs> I was screaming and shooing this bird away. And um, because I'd recently read a mantra um, and tried to adopt it myself, saying, if you see litter, it becomes your responsibility. I had to clear that mess up. I had to show my girls that um, you practice what you preach. So I was there clearing up the litter before we went to the cinema and having a good old grumble about whoever had left it behind. So what can we do? As God's people, we should be leading this we should be doing this. Let's own it and let's, yeah, let's do it. Tear Fund writes on their website that climate change threatens the natural balance of the world. And to tackle it, we must radically rethink the global, and the global economy and live within the limits of our own environment. We need to remember that what we have was a gift from God. See it, really see it, and watch like those children. Learn to love the garden again and remember that special relationship that we have with the creator and the instructions that we were given in Genesis. We need to retrain ourselves, rethink what we do and how we do it. Let's be one with our world again, as we were supposed to be, and let's tend our earth as our Father asked us to. So what can we do in our everyday lives? Well, lots. <laughs> Let's start with two Ps. Pray and petition. Pray for our leaders, the rich and the huge businesses that call all the shots, seem to call all the shots, and have such control because they've got so much money. At the end of the month, the UN Climate Summit, COP26, will take place in Glasgow, Scotland. I know there's preparations for that happening now and it's all over the news and all over my news feed. Let's pray for almighty progress and drastic action from our country and worldwide. We need everybody on board. We need the big countries. We need the small countries. Let's pray for the smaller voices of those small countries, of the poorer people, of the oppressed. Let's pray that they are heard. These countries are being so impacted. Pray for the climate activists and campaigners and those traveling to be there. Many groups walking from crazy distances like Cornwall to be there. And there's a lot of Christian activists walking with those um, groups as well, which I think is amazing. Petition. Petition your MP. I keep writing to mine and he keeps writing back. I don't want him to. I want him just to do something. <laughs> I 
I think in my next um, message, I'll say, can you stop wasting paper and can you just <laughs> just be, be actioned? Read about what, camp what campaigners like Christian Climate Action are doing and saying. Watch documentaries, do things, educate yourself, open your eyes to the problem. So the two Ps, pray and petition. Then there's three Bs. There's no real rhyme or reason. <laughs> Doesn't spell anything. But these Bs are buy, buy, buy. Buy less meat and dairy and look at your lifestyle. Can you go meat-free for a few days a week or even more? Look at what you buy and what you throw away. Make informed choices. Research. Ask questions. Start conversations. Challenge yourself and manufacturers. Vote with your wallet. So important. Ask your, ask your, um, are you supporting industries that are top polluters with what you buy? Buy things to last or even borrow. If you can borrow something from your neighbour, amazing. And then give it back. Don't keep it. <laughs> Challenge the throwaway culture. Pre-loved instead of new. Make packed lunches instead of buying a quick sandwich from Boots. Take a climate pledge. Try to try pledge to try something new. Perhaps you can turn down your heating a couple of degrees or walk to work instead of driving. Can you stop buying, plastic, buying biscuits containing palm oil and wrapped in plastic and make some instead? Buy local. Support independent shops so you know where your money is going. So like Webb's Greengrocers. Buy without packaging. Once you own it, it's your waste and it's your responsibility. Visit a refill shop. We're so fortunate to have the Wholesome Way shop in town and also even in Letchworth, another one, and we can buy things online without packaging. I brought a few bits with me today um, on my table. It's like a Blue Peter moment. The fruit and veg here is from Webb's in town. It's all locally grown. The cauliflower's from Flittick. I think the farmer was called Pete. Um, we've got tomatoes from Ware. There's food in here from Bedford. So none of this has come very far to be in my kitchen, which I think is amazing. And um, the wholesome way in town, I take random containers, takeaway containers. I don't throw things away, I reuse things. I take them to the shop and I fill up my um, containers with dry goods like pasta and beans and rice so that I'm not buying the packaging and then having to deal with it. I brought... Um, and even beauty products and things you can buy from um, the wholesome way. And they work with 60 small businesses. So it's so important to think about where, where your money is going and what you're buying, what you're bringing into your house. So I spoke to Amy yesterday and she said, to, just to let you know that they're total geeks. So they've loved researching everything and they've found all of this information out and they're loving working with small businesses. I've told them to look out for Zio people. <laughs> so buy less, buy to last and buy local. We all need to start somewhere. So if you've done nothing yet, don't freak out like I, I do sometimes. And just, just do something. Choose one thing to do. We all need to start somewhere. Last week, the band Coldplay announced that they were going a bit eco-friendly on their tour. And they're using floors to power their lights using kinetic en energy. How cool is that? So they've literally said, you need to jump up and down. Otherwise, the lights are going to go off. And they've started this. They, they've... They didn't know where they were going with this idea. They just said, we want to be eco-friendly, so what can we do? So they're trying. They're, they're looking for new ways of doing the old thing. And in football, we have Forest Green Rovers. 
They're the first and only vegan football club and the first to be certified as carbon neutral by the UN. And they get their energy from ecotricity, who generate their power from wind and sun parks. So it can be done. There's ways of, of thinking differently. So let's share together, pray together and cry together. This is a big emotional topic. How can we integrate God's heart for his world into every aspect of our lives? Every aspect of our church life. Who can you influence? We're encouraging you to bring this discussion to your Zio group time this week and beyond, to your family dinner tables and to your workplaces. And we'd love to hear about how you get on, so please get in touch. This is an ongoing journey, so let's do it together. Hebrews 4:13 says, Nothing in creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. How cool is that? And then going back to my book, when the Lorax disappears from the barren wasteland, he leaves behind a small pile of rocks with one word carved into them, unless. And this is his warning. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Amen.